welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hi, I'm Roman Wecker, a partner in Hydrogen Struggles Frankfurt office and a member of the industrial practice. I'm also the global lead of the industrial tech sector. In today's podcast, I'm excited to speak to Steffen Metzger, part of the group management committee at Hereos. The Hereos Group is a Fortune 500 family-owned technology company from Germany, active in 40 countries around the globe, with revenues close to 30 billion euro and around 17,000 people. Prior to his role at Hereos, Steffen held the position of Senior Vice President at Infineon Technologies. Steffen, welcome and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Well, welcome Roman. It's a pleasure to have you here in Hanau today and I look forward to the discussion. Super. So let's start. Um, Stefan, you recently moved from Infineon, a publicly listed semiconductor company, to the Hereos Group, a leading family-owned company with a broadly diversified technology portfolio. The company's roots go back to a small pharmacy from 1660. What has been the prescription for success in this over 350 years of history? And what can public corporations learn from family-owned companies particularly in terms of leadership? Yeah, Roman, I don't know whether I would emphasize the difference between public and private companies so much. I would more start to think about the need to innovate for high-end materials or technology companies, in particular in the Western world. So in my opinion, there is the constant need to invent new products to differentiate yourself because otherwise competition is just so fierce that over time you will not be able to survive. And companies who survived for such a long time as Hereos found a way to constantly reinvent themselves, to constantly add new products to their portfolio and in this way differentiate themselves from others. You also moved from a senior vice president role at Infineon to a board role at Hereos. So I would be interested what have been your key leadership experiences here and in which aspect um, did you have the steepest learning curve? Well, here I would probably mention the terms direct and indirect leadership. And as you progress in your career, I think the transition is subtle, but you tend to start with very direct leadership where you have a team of people you have to supervise but over time, you start to manage entire organizations and you have to manage them much more indirectly. And rather than assigning clear tasks and timelines and deadlines, you need to give direction. And you can do that through aspirations, through visions, through certain topics that you occupy and drive. But it's um, more through the general communication to a larger audience than to sort of your direct uh, reports where you talk individual, very concrete tasks. Another topic that I would like to uh, talk about is um, your background. Um, you studied uh, theoretical particle physics and you once mentioned um, that the most complex thing in the world are people. 
their personalities, behavior, and the interaction. So take us through your journey to us how you came to this conclusion and what this means for your daily leadership. Yeah, it's true that there were times in my life when I believed that anything that is complex can be formulated in a mathematical equation. And now, 20 years later, I realized that driving an organization and giving direction to an organization, making it successful economically, but also culturally, is a huge challenge that is at least as complex as any mathematical problem. And this is something where I also constantly learn and find new ways of, of driving such an organization. And I find it absolutely thrilling to be on that um, leadership journey and this trajectory. Mm, in interesting. So in your opinion, what role do empathy and inclusion play in that regard? Yeah, clearly a very important one. And I have two thoughts on this. First, an organization is only successful if you manage to unlock creativity completely. And that means that you have to listen to the organization, everybody in the organization in a very inclusive way. You need to listen actively to deviating opinions. So um, that's the one thought. And the other thought is we all have our biases and it's relatively easy to work with conscious biases. You can mm -hmm. actively work against them. But do you know about your unconscious biases and how they influence your communication style, your decision making? There's one tool that I like in that way, and that is to listen to your own language. So ask other people to either record what you say or actively listen to how you say things and then try to understand what are the hidden messages that you send either actively in the language or in the tone in which you express it and think about whether you actually want to send these messages or whether they are part of your unconscious bias. I think that's a super interesting topic. And I think explicitly about unconsciousness, we could probably do another podcast because I feel also in, in management and leadership is very important to be not only aware what uh, you are doing in awareness, but also what you're doing because of your autopilot and the unconsciousness steering it automatically. So no uh, interesting discussion on that one. Another, in my opinion, very important aspect in leadership now is certainly how to develop new leaders in highly volatile, uh, fast-moving times. Uh, we've seen this explicitly this year. Every month is completely different. No one has a crystal ball. And it's really, really difficult, I think, to manage to lead in, in such uncertain times. So what are your key insights here for, for developing young and new leaders? Yeah, I don't really know whether times are special. I would argue each time has its own challenges. If I look at leaders today, I think we need to encourage them to take responsibility. In the end, leadership is not about sort of career progression. If you think about leadership truly, it's about taking responsibility for a company, but also for society. You shape part of society if you have a leadership role in an organization. And this leadership comes, of course, with Yeah, with responsibility that you have to take, with actions that you have to take, with decisions that you have to take. And this is not easy. And you can also take wrong decisions. Mm. And so what I see is that 
younger talents tend to ask themselves the question, do I want to take this responsibility? Do I want to be in such a role? And I think to emphasize the positive aspects of leadership, this shaping aspect is something that, that I like to emphasize when I talk to young people because they want to shape society. They want to shape the world, but still they're sometimes reluctant to step into leadership roles. So that's the dialogue that I oftentimes have. What certainly comes to my mind is, yes, at the one hand, it means decision-making, it means authenticity, it means ownership. And um, that, that certainly is sometimes when you don't have the experience and also maybe are afraid of, of potential consequences uh, if you maybe have the wrong sentence in the wrong audience. Um, that's certainly a topic that is also not easy for explicitly um, younger talents. If I can comment on the authenticity, I think that's important. People have the feeling they have to play a role when they become a leader. While the opposite is true, the more authentic you are, the better a leader you become. So that's also a, a common misunderstanding that you have to start a role play because you yeah. all of a sudden are a senior member of a leadership team in an organization, but that's not the case. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So the Hereos Group includes uh, businesses in the semiconductor, in the electronics, health, and industrial application sectors. So in your opinion, what are key factors for success and what role does innovation play in this context? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, for me, innovation is really make or break of the success of a company. But what makes it interesting within the Hereos portfolio is that innovation has a different emphasis for the different business units. We have business units, mostly in the, in the medical space, that are contract manufacturers of others, where a large part of the innovation is more driven by our customers and our innovation is more on the process side. While the business units in my area of responsibility in the semiconductor context Here, you really have to drive active innovation within Hereos. And now what is challenging is to foster a culture of innovation that addresses both needs, right? So mm. the customer-driven innovation for some business units and the internal-driven innovation for others. Is there an overall common, so to say, umbrella culture that you would see within the Hereos group? Or is it much better to have a culture of innovation for each and every segment that is particularly, so to say, customized for the segment to thrive? Well, I think it's a bit of both. On the one hand, the Hereos brand, the Hereos nature of this being a family-owned company really instills a certain culture into the entire organization. Our employees are proud to be part of the Hereus company. On the innovation side, though, I do believe that we need to foster a certain culture of innovation in those areas where it's particularly important. And that's what we are currently doing, right? We try to now bring together the R&D community globally for certain business units that have common interests, be it on the methodology side or on the content side, so that they can really exchange on ideas, but also on methods. And giving innovation that prominence, but also then taking people out for a joint dinner and just hanging out with them and giving them an, an ear, listening to their concerns, that is something that we want to actively do to, to foster this culture of innovation in the areas where it makes most sense. Given that culture is still kind of a soft topic and maybe difficult to grasp and to describe, still, 
would it be possible for you to describe a kind of a best innovation culture at or for Hereos with um, two, three words? It starts with top management. In the way we ask questions, in the way we emphasize topics, in the way we speak about certain things, innovation needs to be at the heart of our thinking. Then creativity and openness. On the innovation side, everybody needs to be able to speak out and bring his ideas to the table. Um, if you have a culture of, of fear, oh, my boss and I might not like the idea, well, you have already lost at that point. Very interesting. Uh, uh, last one on the, on the culture piece. Uh, when we talk about your talent pool and making the above innovation culture happen, what have been the greatest successes as well as the challenges recently? I believe it's really important to be visionary and aspirational. That goes back to the indirect leadership. So making clear where you want to go with the organization really has a significant impact. And also being transparent and clear, not just a sort of a vision that in the end becomes fuzzy. It's a nice idea, but it's not clear how to get there. So have a vision, be aspirational, but then also have clarity in how you want to go there. If you combine that, in my experience, you can really drive an organization to a point where they are self-motivated and then all the rest comes automatically. On the challenges side, I have the feeling that there is a right size for an R&D organization. If it's too small, you lack critical mass, you might not have sufficient cloud to introduce good methodologies, you might not have enough ideas. If it's too big, it becomes really challenging to organize it. It can be very complex and it requires quite a bit of discipline. So find the right size for your R&D organization to be most successful. So maybe as a, as a last question from my side and, and given my personal interest in the industrial tech world and, and maybe latest trends there, what trends and activities do you see in the industrial tech space and, and what leadership and talent implications come with them? Yeah, well, the, the good thing is we, we now have 60 years of innovation in the semiconductor space behind us. And I'm totally convinced that we will see 60 more years with more innovation. Very concretely, there is now aspects and the term is more, more and more than more. It's one of these famous terms in the industry at the moment where things get even smaller, which comes with significant challenges also on the material side, which is very relevant for companies like Herreos. And then there will be new structures on the semiconductor side. We will introduce light in, in ICs, for instance. We also believe that we can start to combine some of our materials, our glass material and some of our packaging, semiconductor packaging material to meet some of the upcoming challenges in the industry. So the developments are fascinating, driven by a number of megatrends that are out there from the electric vehicle to renewable energy to, of course, uh, artificial intelligence, to just name a few. So this will drive demand, this will drive new technologies, this will drive new needs for material. So we look forward to a, to a bright future. So I said already I have a last one, so maybe if I can add one more, because chat GPT and AI has been uh, everywhere and all around. Any one sentence to not extend it too large, how chat GPT might influence your business and um, your uh, responsibility um, in, in Hereos? 
Well, of course, it will influence it in many ways. On the one hand, it will influence our markets in terms of driving demand, being on the, on the server side, for instance. Uh, going forward, a significant share of servers will be used to um, sort of train artificial intelligence models. But we will also use artificial intelligence for internal processes. And that is actually pretty widespread. Yeah, We have a we call it our digital hub within our IT department that is actively screening where can we use AI for our internal methodologies, be it on the R&D side, but also in other areas. Steffen, thank you so much again uh, for making the time to talk with us today. It was uh, very insightful for me. Thank you, Roman. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.